Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Snapshot, episode 45. We are back with video this week now that I'm not traveling. I am joined, as always, by Marvel Snap phenom KM Best. KM, your week in Marvel Snap, sir. I'm worried I might have overshot ending rank 69. As of this recording, I'm 55. I'm going to try and see if I can decay to it because having to play is volatile. I don't want to go below it more than I don't want to go above it. Right. But I, I think I'm in range of it. I'm not too far off. I think it's possible if enough people push for like late finishes or something, it could happen. Right. Maybe potentially. I don't know. I'm hopeful. I, I'm in range, but we'll see where I'm actually at. Hold on. I'm actually because I checked 55. It was earlier this morning. Maybe I'll be lower now. Maybe it'll be. Maybe it'll be more realistic. I'm checking right now. You can see live in real time me stressing about this. Maybe I'll be like 60. A Anything? A gentleman's achievement, that would be. 58, baby. Yo. It's actually pretty possible. Yeah. I don't know. I wish, I wish you, you know, Godspeed, best of luck. Um, it surely will be a, uh, a momentous achievement if, if you're able to able to achieve uh, rank 69 here. Um, anyway, let's hop into the news. So one thing we didn't really get around to on last week's podcast, but has definitely been a big, I don't know, I, I hate to say the word thing, but I'm losing, I'm not, I don't have a better word on me right now. I need, I need help from my SAT word, my SAT word bank, KM Best over there. But the, the big thing this week has been, Werewolf by Night. I mean, that card is absolutely ridiculous. Um, it's not quite... It's a good card. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very good. It's not quite the power level of Elsa. Elsa, of course, was nerfed down to plus two um, instead of plus three recently. But, I mean, I had a chance to play with that card quite a bit, and um, it's really, really good. I mean, Werewolf by Night, for those who don't know, is a 3-3, three, three, and it says when you play an Honorville card at another location, move there and gain plus two power. I've been playing a pretty similar list to UKM. I was actually playing Lambie's list. I also played your list as well. Um, but I was getting a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of runway out of the forge, to be honest. So it was, I don't know. I mean, I mean I'm in, I'm definitely in a lower rank than you. So I was having fun with it. But yeah, Werewolf by Night definitely impressed me. It's a cool card. Um, the deck list, the, the Loki deck list that's going into right now is pretty, pretty fun. I would say it's decently technical. Uh, there's a lot going on and World by Night definitely contributes to that. So um, yeah, really, really good card. Where do you sort of see this card or what's what's your take on it now that you've been able to play for a week? Just good or do you think it's it's busted? So Werewolf by Night is a very big unit, right? Like it's like a 311, a 315. People say it's a three whatever. But I think just on a fundamental level, one big unit is more balanced than what Elsa was, which was distributing that power across lanes. And also she was probably bigger. One big unit is something that is more dealable with by opponents, right? It's not it's not game breaking the same way. Like, yeah, it's overstated maybe a little bit, but you have to put a lot of effort into it. And it's easier to balance around this guy is really big than it is to balance around other stuff, right? Like when you look at Werewolf, it's like, OK, that's a three nine three eleven, right? But like, OK, look at Devil Dinosaur. That's a 517, right? Like it, there, there is some precedent for just this is just one big guy. And it's like it's fine that it's bigger than everything else at that cost, right? Like mm -hmm. it's actually just fine, right? As a three, I think that's about where you have to put a card like this, because if you made it a four, I think it actually would be like, OK, there's a really significant cost attached to playing this because the cost attached to Werewolf by Night is you need to leave your lanes open for him to do stuff, right? 
he very often will become like a three nine doing what you want to do. But like he's very hard to play with and he does require you to leave your lanes open, which is why I don't like running him with Elsa. Hmm. And there is a real deck building cost associated with him and a real like, yeah, you know, he's one big guy. But like if they Shadow King or Shang it, you're just going to die. And so it's like, okay, well, now I also need to not get Shadow King or Shanged. And if they have priority and he's able to be Shanged, you're just absolutely dead. And it's a it's a bit of a weird spot, honestly. Like, I think the card is as balanced a 315 as they could possibly release. Does that make sense? It definitely makes sense. They're going to make a 315. This is the most balanced 315 I've ever played. I'm not saying he doesn't need to be nerfed or anything like that. I think plenty of people will be like, yeah, make him a 3-1, make him a 3-2. But I mean, he just doesn't strike me as like that overpowering. And actually, no deck strikes me as like that overpowering right now. I don't think there's a single deck that's like to the level of the best decks we've seen previously, which is probably good. Like, I do think Loki is the best deck, but Mm -hmm. it's not what it was a month ago. It's not what it was two months ago. It's just, you know, the best deck by a pretty decent margin. But it's still like it's not like you're getting like, you know, 65 percent win rates with it. Mm-hmm. It's just good. Yeah, Werewolf Planet uh, definitely it has a dexterity that's associated with it. You have to think about how you're going to play it. Um, I mean, sometimes you have other options on turn three, whether it's like the Beast or a combination of cards. And drawing him late can not be fantastic. Uh, the deck building straight is real, like you said, it's very real at that. Um, so I do think it's it feels relatively balanced, although it feels very powerful. Like when you do the thing, you're like, <laughs> yep. it, it feels good. I mean, to to that end, it does feel very good to do the thing, um, and I'm a fan of the card. I think it, I think it's really powerful and it's really fun. Yeah. So last week we were discussing the best deck, and I think you and I were both playing more of a Thanos list. I mean, I net decked you, <laughs> so and we were like, you you did call me at the episode. You're like, there there probably is just a Loki list, and it is probably just the best deck. And I think as we've seen that, you know. Coming seven days later, a week later, it seems like that is the case. I mean, the Loki... That's not, that's not, that's not what happened at all. Am I off by a week? I could be off by a week and... You're off by a Mobius nerf. Maybe. Like, like, what happened here, it's not like it was like people just figured out that Loki was still good. They nerfed Mobius, and that was the only thing they kept Thanos in the game. Mm-hmm. Like... Thanos, more than any other deck, is vulnerable to Loki because, especially Loki with Quinjet... Because you play Loki with Quinjet and you just like completely you just completely take a dump on any Thanos player. Right. They just get like all your stuff, all your your top end and they get it for cheaper and then they get it for cheaper again. And so Mobius's presence in the meta, not just in the Thanos deck, in the Thanos deck, he was obviously good against Loki, but in the metagame, he pushed Quinjet out. And when Mobius got nerfed, Thanos, I mean, to me, it just went to unplayable. You cannot beat a Loki. You cannot do it. It Mm -hmm. is not a thing you can do. They just get your stuff, but better because now they actually can play Quinjet again. And so like when you when you talk about it like that, the way you phrase it, make it sounds like this is a natural evolution. It's not. Second dinner stepped in and obliterated the card that was keeping Thanos alive. Yeah, I, I'd forgotten about it because I remember encountering that situation exactly where we I was about to start a bit of a road trip, like a you know three to four hour drive, and I had my Thanos deck ready to go. Obviously, it had Mobius in it, and then that patch dropped, and I immediately updated it, and I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so they changed Mobius so that it's not uh, ongoing, right? It is now just like the, the following turn after you drop it. It's like an on-reveal ability. 
that it has its effect, um, which is a significant nerf. How do you feel about the the change to Mobius? Bad. Yeah. I think that he should have gotten a power cost nerf rather than whatever this was. Like Mobius's effect is important to have in the game, in my opinion. I think it's good that there is something to counter Sarah, Mr. Negative, Loki, any number of this, these kind of bullshit ass cards, right? Like it's good that, they, that there's something to do something about that. And as a one turn guy, he simply doesn't do it as a one turn card. He's just not ever going to be able to be that unless he's like on an extremely premium body that you play for the body. And the the effect is a uh, bonus. Like if you put him on like a four eight. Yeah. You know, maybe he'd see play. I don't know. <laughs> like people played crossbones. He'd probably see play as a four eight. But like it's one of those things where. The card should exist in the game, and they went too far by deleting it. And this isn't even to touch on the fact that they were like, yeah, so we kind of thought this guy might be too strong, so we're deleting him entirely, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, hold on now. If you thought he might be too strong, okay, like, nerf him. I would get that, right? Like, change power cost, make him a 2-1, be like, all right, we got to bring this we gotta bring this back down to Earth, right? But they just killed him. They leadered him, and they've never done that to a paid card before. Yeah. It just hasn't happened. So now I remember. Um, yeah, because they put out a developer note alongside this patch, alongside this nerf specifically, mm -hmm. and he said, we expected to make an adjust adjustment down the road in order to welcome cost reduction strategies back into the sunlight, um, and then something, 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 using a new card as a tool to create a new play environment. Tem Temporarily, uh, keyword there. So, sort of a, it seems like it was premeditated. It was the plan. And we, as the community, as the people buying this card, were not aware um, of that effect. I mean, you posted a little bit on Twitter, but just for the for the podcast, do you want to sort of reiterate your thoughts on the uh, ideology that went behind that change specifically? So, there's two things. One is that is such a bold faced thing to say where it's like i think if so i think if they understood that you could like did the, i almost think that the fact that they said it means they didn't actually do it like that like does that make yeah, sense because because it's like, like it's right off the back of people complaining about them doing this exact thing where it was like kind of yeah. it was kind of speculation we're like oh, maybe they're doing this maybe they're not and as they come out and they're like yeah. we're absolutely fucking doing this everybody's like whoa <laughs> yeah it's like 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 i almost feel like it's like you know some guy whose job it is to write the notes just like was like trying to express something and expressed it in exactly the wrong way because there's a way to read this that isn't terrible right the way to read this that isn't terrible is them saying like look we want to experiment with, you know, putting meta warping cards out there. We'd rather they be strong than they be weak. And we clearly missed high on this one. Right. But then it's like, OK, we clearly missed high on this one. And it killed like what the like reading between the lines. What you'd read is it killed cost reduction to a degree we find unacceptable. Right. That is probably what this should have said. Mm -hmm. But instead of it saying that it said, uh, yeah, you know, we released this guy a little bit strong and we kind of had a feeling we're going to have to delete him eventually. So here we're deleting him entirely. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. No, wait, hold, hold on. You didn't need to do that. Oh, you're like, like hey, at least I get my at least I get refunded on my tokens. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. And like from from various answers that Glenn Jones has given around the discord, my impression seems to be that they locked in these changes about three weeks ago, which is like a week and a half after Mobius came out. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing what happened is. Mobius being priced at 3000 meant that everyone got him and he absolutely ruined the pool three metagame. 
like when you think about what the full three metagame is like everything is cost reduction there's sarah there's negative it's a lot of things that are just doing cost reduction right and then mobius goes in every deck to stop loki and then suddenly negative which is an archetype people love playing is completely dead right mm -hmm. and then you get to like like and i think that is like when they, they probably looked at that and they were like oh my god we have to kill this guy <laughs> like oh my god we have to kill this guy because what's happening is this this paid card this 3000 token card is invalidating like half the strategies people play and like the whole point of their early game ramp is you unlock one of those cards and then you get to build around it right and so you unlock one of those cards you build your little deck around it and then you immediately die and I think that that is a greater con like, you know how I have a pretty big focus on the on ramp of Marvel Snap. Mm -hmm. My guess is that Mobius fucked up the, the on ramp. That makes and sense. That makes sense. That 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 would be that would be my my guess about that, because like you look at what those decks do and you look at what he does to those decks, right? He sort of forces them back into like a pool one style meta where it's like, ah, oh, what are you doing? Well, I'm playing on reveal yeah on reveal. that doesn't rely on this right yeah it's and so it's it's not fun i think i think i think that would be my guess and then from what glenn has said in the public facing discord stuff i have seen him say like look we probably wouldn't do it this way if we had the option like if this was an ota we wouldn't have done what we did there but we locked the patch in a little bit early yeah uh mobius is a particularly interesting card to me because i think as a as a hate bear so like the like look at the macro of mobius it is a a bit of a limiting card in terms of like design it you know theoretically hates out a lot more archetypes than it brings into the meta potentially um but i also I mean, thought that mobius was like ultra balanced because you have to fucking draw him and like if you don't that's not balanced though uh, that's not balanced that's not the same thing he's not balanced like that's like saying like like when you look at him okay oh, you have to draw him right compare him to every other tech card in the game shang chi Killmonger, Cosmo, Luke Cage. He has better stats for his cost than any of them, and he's better than most. Like, he, he, like especially the comparison to Luke Cage is like, what the fuck are you doing here, right? Like, that was the one we made when he first came out, which is like, okay, so, so Mobius is better on his locations than Luke Cage is on his locations, to be clear. Like, Elysium, The Raft, stuff like that. He's better than mm -hmm. Luke Cage is on, like, the negative locations, significantly, right? And then you have uh, the fact that he is a 2-3. And then you have the fact that the thing that he does good against, cost reduction, is way more common than the thing that Luke Cage does good against, which is negative one power, right? And you can't come to any conclusion other than why the hell is he better than Luke Cage on numbers? Because his effect is better than Luke Cage, and also his numbers are better than mm. Luke Cage. That makes and so it's yeah. like... It's like this guy is very, very clearly undercosted for what he's giving. It's a bit pushed. Like, he, I guess I'm looking extremely. at it from the the Loki perspective, where he felt like a very balanced hate card. Where it was like mm, it really was. It was I don't know. It wasn't overwhelming. It felt actually a little bit underwhelming in terms of like we saw that card. We're like, is this going to get rid of Loki? And it it, it really didn't. But I'm not looking it at not. it from the perspective of like. I'm a pool three negative player and everybody's dropping yeah. dropping Mobius on me. So that is a part of the metagame that I'm ignorant to. So maybe in those cases, he actually was too oppressive as a hate bear. I'm I'm guessing that the answer is yes, because like the thing about Loki is it's the best one of those guys. And 
I mean, let's be clear about what Mobius did to Loki, which is to say it made it an Elsa deck. Mm-hmm. Loki was an Elsa deck. It wasn't like a Loki deck. You weren't doing Loki stuff. We cut the collector for for fuck's sake. Like He's we're not now. we're not a Loki deck anymore. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, why is he back, though? Interesting question. And that why are the collector and Quinjet back? What did that? Right. Like and it was Mobius. Mobius did that. And he is not a Loki killer. Loki's still a pretty strong card, but he's a a Loki balancer. He's a Sarah balancer. He's a negative balancer. Like, it's good that this stuff works, right? But it's bad for like a pool three gamer. It's really bad for like a pool three gamer because it forces the game when cost reduction isn't a viable strategy, which with Mobius at two, three and Loki everywhere, it just isn't a viable strategy. It's just not a thing you can do. Yeah, it's it forces the game to be more formulaic and straightforward. And I think that's bad. It's interesting that they have to or from what we understand, they have to balance around multiple metagames being yeah, pool, mm-hmm. pool one, I, know, I guess late pool, like uh, whatever the delta is on people in pool three and them acquiring like X number of series four, series five cars. And then, you know, the outlier of the people that have are you know far on the, the other side of the bell curve that have like most of the cards. Um, yeah, I wonder I wonder which one dictates most of the balance. I'm assuming it is that sort of late. Yeah, I don't know. Early to early to mid pool three where you're complete on pool three and you're starting to acquire or close to complete and you're starting to acquire series four to series five. Um, yeah, that, it's it's an interesting concept for sure. Uh, but yeah, overall, <laughs> it does seem like community feedback on this one was uh, overwhelmingly negative because like you said, it wasn't just a stat change, which might have been. No, they, they nuked them. They nuked them, which might have been enough. I mean, honestly, if you made him come down on significantly later turns, I mean that would that would dress and you made him less efficiently. It would drastically reduce the card's yeah. effectiveness. Like I have like several breakpoints here that I have been pitching. Uh, the first is one one. The second is two one. Mm-hmm. The third is like three two three three. Mm-hmm. The fourth is like four six. That's what I was thinking. It was four four something like four five four six. Yeah. And it's like, like, I think most of those work, right? Like most of those are like, okay, yeah, that plays, right? The issue with four cost Mobius is, especially if you're talking about like Sarah, right? It just ends up very hard countering Sarah (laughs) because you can't play the Sarah on turn five because you have to get rid of the Mobius. It's just like, okay, that sucks. So you probably don't go four with it, right? But like three, two, two, one. Those were all things that I like. The, the whole problem with Mobius was not, oh, my God, he's too good. It's he's too free. He's too free of an include. And part of that was Elsa and they hit Elsa. But like when you look at Mobius now, like actually putting an ongoing two one in your werewolf deck. Yeah, that's actually a bad thing. That's a that's a cost you got to pay. And you're only going to pay that cost if you really hate Loki. And that's probably where he should be at. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, interesting, interesting rhetoric they used in the uh, in the developer note. Probably, I guess it backfired a little bit. So maybe, like you, I'll see- be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't been more down on the game in my entire time playing it. Okay, well, let's. Like, let's, I, I let's, want an actual. I want an actual apology. Okay, let's break. Like- let's, let's break that down a little bit more because I think that I guess that we did we think that this was kind of going on already but it was more of a theory um and now when they come out and they say it in such a blunt way it just feels like because it does feel like the monetization around this kind of change if it was directly correlated and intentional is a bit dishonest where it's like they release a card Mm -hmm. at this price you buy it then they nuke it with a nerf right and then you have to buy the next the next big thing i want 
an explanation of how this happened, and I want them to say we'll never do it again. I don't want them to say we'll never release a good card again. I don't want them to get scared of releasing good cards. I want them to be like, look, we're going to miss high sometimes, but that's not we're not doing this shit on purpose. I promise. Yeah. And I don't even know if that would go over very well where it's like, I mean, how are people supposed to look at that and be like, you you just said what you did here. And it just seems it like. I've never been less motivated. I'm going to be honest with you like that. That that was a hard thing to read. Yeah, like it, it's it's interesting because the precedent with other games in the industry is usually to refund around changes. But Marvel Snap has so many changes all the time <laughs> that maybe that's not viable. But Marvel Snap also is mm. just on the end of like hardcore, no refunds under any circumstances. Like, I don't know. It's just I guess I don't know if it's if it's second dinner or if it's new verse, which I think. Oh, yeah, I don't I'm not too sure on the back end works like who really controls the monetization, who really dictates a lot of the strategy. Um, but some I, I actually I am. It is second dinner. Interesting. Like, yeah, because I was wondering if it was the big bag. Is the publisher. Yeah. But like, like, I think people love to do that where they're like, ah, oh, it's the, the big bag, the, the foreign company. publisher yeah. who's doing all the bad things and are like, no, I'm pretty there. There are monetization people in second dinner. One of them talks in the discord a decent amount like this is not. I, if, if they're getting their orders from outside of second dinner, there wouldn't be a point in having them inside second dinner would be my guess. Right. Like there are very clear guys who run the bundles and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I, I, like those guys are public facing. It's interesting. And I, I don't think it's new verse. I haven't because um, I haven't encountered those uh, those people, the public facing people that are part of that that area of the company. But for me, um, like speaking to Glenn Jones, uh, seeing Ben Brode interact uh, on content channels and just in general a lot of the stuff that the game does just seems antithetical to their personalities and that's why it's so jarring it's like the the kind of the monetization strategy whether it's them telling us they're going to do one thing and then they do something completely different um you know the bundles the the card nerfing etc it does feel a bit insidious which i think is probably more uh more of a coincidence than that at this point but it just it feels weird because when you talk to the and obviously it's just a massively different department. But when you talk to like Glenn Jones or here Ben Brode, it's like it feel it, it feels like it would be more logical to be like, oh, it's just the big bad foreign publishing company, but it's not, I guess. I just yeah, I just I don't want to let them off the hook for free because the best read of this situation, like the one that makes them look the best, is they made a huge mistake in their phrasing. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's the best possible thing is here is like we we're trying to express that we wanted to bring Mobius in line because we were really worried that he was killing off cost reduction entirely. And when we released him strong, it was like, all right, well, we need to release him strong to see what he does. And that's what they meant by temporary metagame, right? That's the best read that that is possible here. And, you know, maybe. But I got to say, it did feel like, like, how am I supposed to recommend someone buy a cart? You know? How am I supposed to be like, you should go out and spend your caches on Werewolf by night when he might get nerfed and it might be intentionally pushed for two months? Mm-hmm. And I, I I wouldn't have this worry previously because like they've been like, this is what really gets me about it. This is why I assume something must have been absolutely fucked on their back end numbers. OK, they don't do this to paid cards. They just don't like they have never done this to a paid card. 
Look mm. at how light-handed they were with Shuri. Look at how light-handed they are with Thanos. Look at how many changes Kitty Pride has gotten, and each time she's gotten weaker, but never unplayable, right? Although they should probably revert the most recent one now that Elsa is yeah. only giving plus two. But Loki as well. Like, I mean, Loki, even though it's a newer card, is I mean, yes. I think they've been very, like, very light-handed with him. Extremely light-handed with Loki. Extremely light-handed. I think they were actually a little heavy-handed with Elsa, right? Like the light-handed one there would have been to make her like a two-zero. They were like, no, okay, we're we're done with this, mm-hmm. right? But I guess here's another question. Uh, why is it always season pass cards? Like season pass cards, it feels like get an outsized amount of balance attention, both good and bad. You look at the ones that have been nerfed. Wave, Hitmonkey, Zabu, Surfer, Loki, Elsa. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's like a murderer's row right there. Do they tend like, to th- be more those are six than, of the than just not necessarily. Five? Not necessarily, because there's also the ones that have been buffed, right? Like Nick Fury, Thor, things like that. Like there have been there have been whiffs, Phoenix Force, yeah, or Nimrod, right? Like there have been some real whiffs, but it feels like there've probably been like maybe five season pass cards since the beta that have not been balance changed in some way, and that feels weird, right? Like whether it's a buff or a nerf, it's like something is off about the process, or alternatively. What's off about the process actually might be like. They want the cards to be good, right? Like they want the season pass card to be good. They want the season pass card to be good. And so they they're willing to aim high on it. Right. And then when it's not good, they're willing to buff it up. Right. Like people forget Nick Fury came out at five cost. Thor came out at four. Uh, Thor was a four, six. Nick Fury was, I think, a five, seven. Uh, Phoenix Force had five cost, which made it completely unplayable, right? Like, like they they are very Nimrod was a five five. They're very willing to buff them up and then they're very willing to release them strong. Like when you think about the the season pass cards that have been nerfed wave hit monkey that defined an entire metagame mm-hmm. Zabu surfer that defined an entire metagame. Elsa, Loki, that defined an entire metagame. Like I just described basically like each one of those is like a meta, right? Like, probably you could say yeah, those. Like, na- you like, could say those names, and I would know what meta you're talking about, right? Like you could say yes. the Hit Monkey meta, the Loki meta, the Elsa meta. Yes, I mean some of those are kind of they're together, but you could just There's say some overlap. that. Yeah, you could say yeah. the season pass card name, and I would know the meta because the top meta deck has that card in it. Right, and like that's basically like the last those six names. It's November right now. Mm-hmm. Those six names define the last year of snap the only other names that are up there with them are thanos shuri and potentially high evolutionary so six of the nine most meta defining cards in snap i would say and that's interesting right like isn't that isn't that a little bit weird because when you think about it like outside of thanos and shuri came in the first drop of cards correct like they were in the first uh season pass grouping right yeah or was Shuri like released Sh- in Shuri that first month? Shuri could have been outside of that. No, I think Shuri, I, was, I know, Shuri was. was outside of that, but it came in that first month. Thanos mm-hmm. was in that, right? And so since that Black Panther season a year ago, only High Evolutionary has reached those heights and been a card not on the season pass. Is that correct? Am I way off base here? Am I missing anything? And even High Evo, that was a wave deck. Mm-hmm. Thanos, that was a wave deck too. Yeah. A wave, yeah, wave is an interesting card. Um, I mean, I think there's there's a weird balance going on here where Galactus, but Galactus was in that 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 drop. Do you think that Galactus like, was ever like 
ultra meta defining though. I think it was powerful at one point. At one point, it was like a it was like a meta pick, yeah. right? Like there were certain like you pick it to win a tournament where no one was playing exactly. The Somebody kind of won a tournament with it, and then it became a little bit more popular, and then. Nadia complained about Browday. it. Yeah, <laughs> I told him to play it. I was like, Browday, this is the time to play Galactus. And then he played it and won the tournament, and then nerfed it. Yeah. So Cam, <laughs> there, there's like a balance going like, on between yeah. between it's, them extracting it's, it's, as much money po- as possible out of us and creating a card game, like an actual card game that has competitive integrity or just integrity at all. Because I think that the the mobile model, while it 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 does it does work with card games in the sense that you can have these weekly releases or you can have these expansion based releases and keep selling um, a, a product to the, the player base. It doesn't really work in the sense that I think most card gamers are pretty, I don't know, apt to see pay to win. Like they're just, their, their, their minds are kind of more open to it. You know, like it, it doesn't really go under the rug as easy. I don't think so. If a, if a card game is legitimately pay to win, like hardcore pay to win, this card comes out, it is overwhelmingly the best card. You must buy it to compete. I just don't see people, uh, taking that for a long time. I guess it's been a year at this point, but I, it would continue. I, mean, I, I mean, don't think it's it. Like it's been what? Six out of the 12, right? And Wave, to be fair, was more than a year ago. Wave was in the beta, right? So if you, if you really want to narrow it down to since release, it's been five out of the 12. It's not that bad, but it's more than I would have wanted. Like, I I was pretty much cool with it. It's, it's something I actually kicked around as a video idea like two months ago before Elsa came out. I was like, huh, is there any like it feels like there's something weird about season pass cards. And I like I got a spreadsheet and then I lost the spreadsheet. I don't have it anymore. And that's why I never did the video. But I got a spreadsheet where I was looking for balance change rate on season pass cards versus the other series four and five cards. And that's what that I was going to build up to a video on that as like a sequel to the video I did on location math. But then the location math video did terribly. And I was like, all right, I'll I'll forget about this. And then I then I've lost my spreadsheet and now Mm. it's gone. Um. And then Elsa Loki came out and it went from like, oh, a curiosity to like, oh, man, they've done this one too many times. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they've done it one too many times. And now if I made that video, people would be like, yeah, duh, you idiot. Let me let me ask you a question. Is the problem more? Would you would you find there to be more of a problem with them releasing season pass cards that are err on the side that are a bit too powerful because they want them to impact the meta. They want them to set the tone for the, for that season, right? To be kind of a marquee card or like, is that in itself big, a big enough problem? Or is the problem really derived from that? These cards come out and they're a bit pushed, but then they also get nerfed and sometimes like, you know, nuked or, or just kind of made irrelevant where people now feel like they have to buy the next big thing. And you're kind of on this. It's the second one. Okay. The second one's the problem. Yeah. Um, their goal when nerfing should be to keep the card viable. That's 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 why they do what they do with like the take the top off instead of the bottom or take the bottom off instead of the top. Their goal is to keep those cards viable, right? Shuri nerf, Sauron nerf. They did great. They're just like taking a little bit off. They're shaving a little bit. One of the advantages of, of their balance system is they don't have to be drastic. They can just move things a little bit and see where it goes. And then when they've moved things a little bit, they can go back and be like, all right, let's move things a little bit more. They just did that with Shuri Sauron. They took a point off Shuri and then they were like, oh, let's take a point off Sauron too. And now it's like a little bit more balanced, right? Like this is they can do that. People have been saying like they need to do less OTAs. No, they need to take more advantage of the fact that they are able to do them incrementally. Mm -hmm. I'll also say this. I think the patch locking in 
three weeks before, they need to do less of that. Yeah. Like that, that's happened. They that's, need to that's do been less a recurring of that. thing too, where yes, the patch comes and times. it's like, it's like, what? <laughs> it's weird. I can't yeah. remember the last time that it happened and it was super jarring. And it was so obvious that the, that the patch was targeting a like two week old meta that like, I think at mm-hmm. one point just didn't really exist anymore. Um, or just had, it was the one it was, you're, talking, you're talking about brood abs meta. I think like so. Groot abs had just spr- had just sprouted up and they were like aiming nerfs at Darkhawk. Yes. When, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about that. Yes. Yes. And it was like just not uh, it was just not the case. And then in some in, there's another side of that, which is sometimes the meta has like so far overstayed its welcome. And it's like this nerf comes. It's like, yeah, we locked that in three weeks ago. And it's like, oh, well, we've all been eating shit for the past three weeks <laughs> getting wrecked by this deck. Um, yeah. Here's my pitch. Mm-hmm. OTAs. They're for balance only do balance in OTAs and patches just do cool stuff with early pool cards. That's it. Just be like, we're going to do a cool stuff. We're going to do some cool stuff, right? Like remember when they did forge, that was super cool, Mm -hmm. right? That was so, that was so cool. Do patches should just be that where you like get like five cards that nobody plays and you're like, we're going to change your functionality. Let's see what that does. And then do balance in the OTAs. Like, just don't do balance in the patches ever again. Yeah. Never do it. Stop it. It's like, you're going to be three weeks out. You're going to be so far behind. Don't do it. Stop, please. Yeah, my, my like, so it's funny, Cam, is I think that we we talk about, um, you know, we talk about monetization a lot. We talk about nerfs a lot. But I actually think that you and I collectively are probably more on the optimistic side, just in general for oh, like yeah. content creators. Because I remember we had Dara on here and he was just going in on their monetization model. And like, this is absolutely intentional. And they've like lost like this. Uh, they lost the audience like a while ago. And I just think it's funny because I think some people listen to this and they think we're being more cynical. Like we actually like we really maintain the, the optimal side. And I can hear it in what you say. Because like, just do the just do the pool one card thing. And like it comes the assumption that they have any vested interest in buffing cards that are yes. not pay to win <laughs> it does it does come with the assumption of good faith right yeah. and i think it's obviously like i, I want to say i don't think that's a dunk on anyone it's obviously easier for me to assume good faith when i can talk to glenn about it mm-hmm. right like this is not like it's obviously easier for me to assume good faith when i'm talking to that Right. Like it, it uh, most people can't do that and they only have the actions to go off. And I wouldn't blame them for taking those actions as however you wanted to take them. Right. Like I'm not going to just because my interpretation of the actions is a little more optimistic than yours. I'm not going to be like, yo, you're a fucking idiot or anything like. I think that I'm also like very privileged, right? I'm a, I'm, I'm making money off this yeah, game. You have a ve- I don't want you it have to an, fail. Yes, exactly. You have a vested interest in like them actually performing these things in good faith and not being ultra cynical. So yeah, I, I mean, because like, like, like this is, this is what I mean when I say this was the most demoralizing thing that's ever happened in the game to me, yeah. because it's like, I need to be able to believe that I'm not complicit to a pump and dump, mm. you know, <laughs> like, like I, I don't think I am, but I'm definitely like, it's definitely something that's entered my mind now. And it, certainly hadn't entered my mind before is like when I release a a video hyping up a card, am I complicit in a pump and dump? If I do a video where I'm like, yo, Elsa is insane, go buy her. And then two weeks later, I do a video where I'm like, yo, they need to nerf Elsa. And then they nerf Elsa. I mean, is that my fault? (laughs) Like... Like, I I really wonder about that. And this all sprung from, like, just a random comment that was like, you content creators always whining about nerfs. And I I really sort of sat there and thought about it. And I was like, why would someone be mad about that? Right. Why would you be mad about me describing this? 
And the reason they'd be mad about that is because they think that I'm complicit in a pump and dump. I'm always hyping up the new card and then saying it should be nerfed and then hyping up the next card and then saying it should be nerfed. And I think the real lesson I learned about this is I need to be more careful. Mm. Like, I really do. I need to be like more clear. Like, hey, look, this card might be good enough to get nerfed. You should be aware of that. Like, I need to actually take that into account now. And Mm. I don't like that. I think that. You're not incorrect, but you are reading into it a little a, a little bit because I will say, and I'm very confident in this uh, being something that potentially goes on. That's a weird way to phrase something, but in any game, in any game, the entrenched and experienced and player that's been playing it for a while um, usually has some sort of feedback, and that feedback will come off as negative because it's not always reinforcing exactly what's happening right now. And there will always be a portion of players that are experiencing the game, whether for the first time. Or, you know, maybe they've reached Nirvana and this is just how the game is for them, but they will be in the honeymoon phase and literally anything you say that is can be perceived as not positive. I won't even say negative because that word is too strong, but is not positive is in some way uncomfortable. It's not something they want to hear. They just want to hear the good thing, right? Because for them, their only experience with the game is having fun. It's great. And I don't know. I've just noticed that when talking about this kind of stuff in, in any card game and in any context is because I've been that person. I've gotten to a new game. I love that new game. I'm obsessed with this new game. Honestly, the last thing I want to do is go listen to somebody complain about something, right? It's just like, mm. yeah. So I think that that is like an underlying thing is like some people are just going through the honeymoon phase or they just love the game um, and they don't really want to hear about all that. But there is a part of you. There you know, is. Like, yeah. Where the pump there is a lot to love. There is a lot to love. Like, I, 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 it's really crazy how, like, one comment got me thinking about this, like, a month ago, where it was just like, like, I, I, I didn't get why people would be angry with me saying a card is broken. And then, but then when you look, when you zoom out, it's like, it's me hyping this card up and then me saying this card should be nerfed. And then, the, and, and, and that is bad, right? Like, that is like, mm. I'm only accurately describing it, right? If you want to win, you go get Elsa. Yeah, that's correct. And also, Elsa is too strong and needs to be nerfed. That's also correct. But taken as an aggregate, it is a little bit doing this, isn't it? Like it, this is the this is the 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 yeah the thing that bugged me about it, right? Where it's like I can't really get it out of my head. Like obviously, I'm not the reason they're nerfing Elsa. They're nerfing Elsa because Elsa is broken. But do I have to be like? yo, this card is so good it might get nerfed every time because like I don't, I'm not when I'm playing these cards for the first time, I'm not that confident. In it. I know the card is strong, but I'm not sure it's this is going to mm. be nerfed strong. Right. Yeah. Like and so I I guess I'm just not sure how to make a video now about new cards. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. It's interesting because you're the play you're playing the card and complaining about it, which is different. So I'll say I've been on the side of that person. I don't write mean YouTube comments but, or aggressive YouTube comments, but I have been on that side. Um, so like in flesh and blood, there are some heroes that I or heroes or strategies that I have an affinity to that some people complain about because they're not interactive and they're complicated and they're not very fun to play. Talking about Kano? It could be anything. Could be Kano, could be Icelander. Like, I don't even play Flesh and Blood, but I only, I know Kano because you compare him to Galactus all the time. So I figured you must <laughs> yeah. be talking about So Kano. sometimes, you know, when people complain about him, some people do complain about the deck out of pure ignorance. They actually just have no idea how it works, don't know, don't understand anything about it, but they complain about it because they lost to it one time. And those people, I will say, they don't they don't make my day brighter. They would I would say, you know, maybe 
they're kind of annoying because they make the argument out of ignorance. And I'm not saying that's what that other person was saying, but they could be on the same thing where they're, they're enjoying Elsa. They're owning. And you're sitting here and you're like, this thing needs to be nerfed. And I'm like, bro, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There might be a little bit of that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, anyway, rounding out the news here. Uh, actually, before I hit this news topic, I have to ask, because I don't want to get you in trouble. You don't have any like promotions with Warcraft Rumble, do you? We're coming off the back of BlizzCon. Uh, I don't, but I kind of want to. Okay, well. <laughs> Hit me up, Warcraft uh, Rumble. Yeah, I just want to. So we're coming off the back of BlizzCon. There is a new Clash Royale game called Warcraft Rumble that came out. The reason why I want to bring it up Apparently, is. Apparently, all the feedback I've seen about it is like, yeah, the game is pretty cool, but they are not trying to hide the pain. Oh, away. yeah. So I just want to let you all know, because I played the beta. I played that game for a few months. Um, like, I got pretty deep into it. Not that I was grinding or spending a lot of money but i've spent time with the game and i will tell you you're going to get into it it's got a great uh pve you can play it's a great campaign if you play for that that's that's fantastic but if you want to engage in pvp or you want to play the game for a while it has one of the most aggressive and just just obscene monetization models i've ever seen in my entire life and pvp has no competitive integrity um i don't know if they've changed that since i played but just be careful because it ramps up pretty aggressive aggressively and I've, they, I've seen it be promoted in my a discord lot. in my discord there was someone who was like i got a notification that i'd unlocked something and uh, what i'd unlocked was the option to buy some <laughs> stuff yeah. oh yeah <laughs> Oh my god by the way most of those things that you unlock to buy they're like these like temporary banners not only do they come back they're not actually temporary but they're also usually there's some quite often actually really bad ev which is just freaking hilarious and then the same thing with Brutal. snap where you like run through like 50 million currencies to understand things yeah i just want to let people know because it came out back off of blizzcon blizzcon was sick this year great announcements um that game is really pay to win and really aggressive with it so just be careful <laughs> just be careful because i see promoted on like snap zone like literally everything that's like an analog to snap and um yeah if you think this game's paid to win <laughs> you better strap in hey warcraft rumble hit me up i'm clearly experienced with doing pump and dumps yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm really good at selling i'll be honest i'll be honest i i like i looked at the game yeah. and i was like all right, I don't like the graphics. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what I did. I actually, but like I apparently like the, the core gameplay loop is so sick. Apparently, it's like actually quite fun. So I, I, it's better than Clash Royale. Clash Royale is a good game in of itself. Um, for what it's worth, that game is also good. Win. But um, it is it is in my opinion has a lot of depth on a Clash Royale and it is better. And it's in the the Warcraft IP is sick. Like I, I really like that IP. Um, and they did a really that's cool true. job with like the the pve campaign progression and there's like dungeons and raids um but yeah i mean once you get under the hood it is like a hardcore mobile login do your chores very time gated on progression pay to win on that progression not just pay to progress but also fucking pay to win to be honest because in pvp it's like in pvp you're totally equalized until you get to like out of bronze and as soon as you hit silver it's like you're not and like everything is like it's insane how uh how much you can get ahead by paying. I don't know if they've put a cap on it since then, but uh, I think it was like- It is interesting, cap. right? Because you look at Marvel Snap and they actually do kind of go out of their way to ease that transition, right? Like they do really try to make it so you like, and I think Elsa and Loki really fucked this up because before Elsa and Loki, I would say this game was legitimately, you could free to play your way to the mm -hmm. top end of it. You could do it. And post Elsa, post Loki, it was like, 
okay, you can't do it anymore. Those cards are just too much better. Yeah, there's also levels of pay to win, in my opinion. So a level of pay to win, like a $10 season pass card, I mean, you can look at that as like the monthly fee to play the game. That would actually be okay with me. In the case of Warcraft Rumble, it's like, okay, you go to PvP, it's uncapped. Like, and this won't make sense to a lot of people who play the game. Uncapped levels. It's like absolutely fucking ridiculous, bro. <laughs> wait, 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 when you say levels, you mean like you pay You're for levels on of, a character? Basically, you pay for levels on the units and they're uncapped in PvP. So it's like, I think that so literally if you don't have fully best version of best in slot unit you're going to run up against yourself but they wailed harder and you die oh yeah for sure 100% but actually there's the the problem is not that the problem is is like is there an actual stop ever right or is it infinite because if it's infinite it is literally just who has more money if there I don't know if they put a cap in or not when I was when I was playing that's heinous the cap was either like nearly impossible to reach um or there wasn't one but yeah it's also heavily botted by the way um yeah so have fun with that it's massively botted mm. so yeah just be careful because everybody's super hyped about this game and I, I'll, I'll tell you the initial game experience fantastic and you can free to play that pve campaign if you want and you'll have a good time but uh just just be wary because that game is very aggressive monetization and i don't i don't Jeez. i don't put a lot of i don't put out a lot of mobile game psas but it's like every marvel every marvel snap like a uh, news site and a lot of content creators are pushing it not i would get behind it. i think the game is fantastic if you have the if you have this discipline to stay uh stay relatively free to play and you're interested in the pv but if you want to play pvp i'll tell you right now it's not very fair and it's it's not, not that's a experience yeah it's it like, does like, i think the thing about card games is like Card games are always fair. Yeah. But card acquisition isn't. Let me tell you. Right? Let me tell you but what like, this it's game not would like be you like. Can, but like, let me tell hold you. Hold on. But it's not like you can like, I can't give my Elsa her old ability by paying more money. Yes. You know what I mean? Like you and you and I play the same cards. Yes. It's just the acquisition is fucked up. And I think when games start getting into the realm of like, I pay X amount of money to upgrade my unit. It just, it's just like, it's like, okay, well, that's very Def the definition. Yeah. So if we extrapolate the Warcraft Rumble uh, system to Marvel Snap, I would play Elsa as a 2 2 that gives plus three. You would play her as a 2 10 that gives plus eight. Like it is so, the gap is so ridiculous and important and impactful. And yeah, it's not rewarding that PvP system. That sucks. That actually, they, that actually they, they is might, quite they unfortunate might because it. I was interested in that game. I was like, "Oh, this looks cool!" Like I see a lot of people that I like playing it. I'm getting influenced, right? <laughs> look at all, look at all these these like. Is if that's true, that's like like, like damn that like. There's a level of pay to win that I don't think a card game can really approach Yo, until it introduces those those kind of mechanics. There's a level like, where you can't, yeah, you can't see even it. get to that. You see it and you get like extremely demoralized. So I just want to call you that they could have changed the system. They could have patched it since the early beta. Okay. Um, I hope they did. No, it's definitely still pay to win. But is it like infinite levels? You can get infinitely ahead um, in PvP. I don't know. Um, but it is still definitely like hardcore pay to win uh, for PvP. <laughs> that is that is just Damn. a fact. Um, that just doesn't feel good, right? Like, because like in card games, it's like you know, at least at the top end of ladder, pretty much everyone has access to the cards. So it's not like you're playing actually unfair games, right? Like yes. you're playing fair games. They're games against other people who have all the cards, right? And it. I guess it just kind of sucks the idea that that would not be true ever in any kind of game with a competitive aspect because uh, yeah, that sucks.
Yeah, some people like that. To be fair, like a lot of mobile games are actually predicated on people. Like it is. So we we always dog on pay to win. Like we always talk shit about it. Almost everybody I've ever encountered in my life would always talk shit about pay to win. But there, it is basically. I don't know, but I'll say it is almost a fact that there are people out there. There is an audience that act that enjoys paying for power and getting ahead and expressing that power over other players. And mobile games make money off of them. So, yeah, but like turning your entire free to play base into a power into a, a power fantasy for the people paying money, it does not seem like ideal, that's right? That's like, why, that's why it's suck. one of the things about <laughs> it's one of the things about getting to high end, how the high end of ladder where it's like, at least where I'm here, I can be pretty sure I'm not just beating up on someone who doesn't have the cards, except sometimes I am because the pool one gamers come into ladder at like rank 200 and then rapidly fall they need to cap that have you noticed have you seen that happening because like one of the things that happens is they don't really know how to rank early accounts and so what'll happen is someone good enough to like hit infinite in a week will start playing the game with like their kazarzu deck they'll Mm -hmm. kazarzu their way to infinite they'll come in at like rank 50 and then just lose every game (laughs) sounds not intentional (laughs) I, I, it's something to do with like their, whatever their MMR system is. It's bad at handling new accounts. Like if I play a bot, I don't think I get any credit for it. But if a new account beats a bot, it's like getting full credit for it. And so they're coming in on like these insane win streaks and high and and high MMR. And it's just like, oh damn, that's actually crazy. So I they they should cap the new accounts at like 4K in SP or something. Just be like, stop putting them in there with us. It's not okay. I actually sometimes they'll come into a Twitch chat and I. I asked I asked one of them, like, do you enjoy what's happening right now? Like queuing into this? And they were like, no, it's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't know what any of these cards do. I just lose all the time. (laughs) Yeah. And it's it's got to be quite a long road road down as well. Yeah. um, They've had that issue for a while. I guess it's just more visceral now that there's a leaderboard. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, I remember in the past people's alt accounts that they just leveled to infinite were like basically yeah dara's alt came in at like way 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 high yeah yeah is in bot elo while the main is not in bot elo back in the day so mm-hmm. um anyway let's go on to the bended snap section we just have a few this week we're gonna try to evaluate the cards for the next season um because that's our favorite thing to do before the season comes out <laughs> anyway bend and snap first one here is from uh taz armstrong they say i played rebels back in 1990 1990- in 1999, Kitchen Table Magic, Rebels introduced to EDH, Maverick, and Legacy, inked, inked Spotlight Thanos days before Soulstone nerf. Absolutely, basically what they're saying is they absolutely love Nico Thanos right now because it feels like a toolbox. Um, and I, the main reason I picked out this... I actually understand the reference they're making to the Rebels deck. Yes, so do how, I. How messed up is that? So uh, the reason why I picked this, uh, the reason why I picked this this comment is because not a lot, a lot of people have heard about... So Rebels is a deck in Magic the Gathering where you could play like... Shout a, out to Lin Savi, Defiant Hero. Yeah. Exa- oh my God. Yeah, is that the... That's the legendary one? Yeah, that's the legendary. Yeah, three four. I and think the legendary rules are really funny back then because if you played it, your opponent literally couldn't play. <laughs> anyway, um, basically there was a rebels deck, and you could play like a one drop, and that one drop could tap to go search or two drop, which is obviously. So this is this is hold on, we gotta we gotta put this in full context, right? Okay. So the two main tribes were rebels and mercenaries. I want, that's what I'm getting right? to is mercenaries because it's okay. hilarious. So <laughs> rebels rebels were a one drop taps to search for a two drop, and then a two drop goes and gets your three drop, and your three drop goes and gets your four drop, and they were mostly in the color white. Mm. Now mercenaries, it's, a, it's, it's were just the opposite as good, right? of that. 
They were in they were in the color black, except your seven drop would tap to get a six drop. Your six drop would tap to get a five drop. Your five drop would tap to get a four drop. Like this is back when Magic just did not know anything about anything. <laughs> so they were like, we're just gonna do it like this. They'll be the same. They'll be the same, guys. I just it is so that's why I picked the comment is because Rebels versus Mercenaries is one of the the funniest game design stories I've ever heard in my it's life. It's so good. <laughs> Cuz one is so ridiculously valuable and the other one is the biggest pile of dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> and they actually thought that this was like a symmetrical effect. I remember <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> They're both getting cards, dude. That's the same. Mercenaries. They're just, they're just so op. It's like, so f it's, yeah, they're opposite literally, but they're all in terms of value. Like one is, I don't know. Infinitely it's so cool. Worse. It's so cool that they did that. It's OG magic. All right. Um, this question is from Russell. Uh, do they say question for the podcast recently, the old pro bundle became purchasable again for accounts, allowing it to be bought three times per account. When this bundle dropped, I remember both Brendan and Cam talking about how it was a shitty catch up bundle in the context of getting caught, uh, on full collection players. What do you think second dinner can do to make the catch up process for brand new players better? We talked about this in a sense. Um, a few double the value of the pro bundle but only if you're under 600 cl okay so okay so you um yeah you have like a, 25k that makes sense we talk uh other things they could do like they actually dude some of the some of the bundles for starter players are like actually really good well they get the cards too like, right yeah they get like, there's like a bundle with thor in it that's like 15 bucks great value and you get the thor it's like oh my god uh, some of those bundles are like insane value like i wish i could buy them type value right yeah. uh others others are not but and and they're not really like a very discussed part of the game because no player who's invested enough to watch streams ever sees them so like they're not really like a part of the game universe as it were and that's uh you know it's, it's unfortunate because they are an interesting monetization aspect but like if you wanted to get the catch-up mechanics yeah just just make it so the pro bundle gives them twenty five thousand credits below like as long as they're still in pool two yeah um speaking of blizzcon do you see what hearthstone's doing for returning players um with this next expansion basically they give no. you like a catch-up packs or some shit it's like based off your percentage of your collection and then you get these packs for free for people to come back in because like one of the biggest issues with hearthstone is like most a lot of people listening to this including me, you, me and you can have played hearthstone but if you ever like if you ever see like a hearthstone tree where you hear about like the meta is actually kind of decent right now you're like oh maybe i'll go play and you're like holy shit not only do i have to click to open 200 plus packs but then i have to spend all this money and it's just like there's such yeah. a ridiculous entry fee it looks like they're fine like they're actually putting in um implementing sort of a system to try to help with that because it's it's actually it just turns me off every time i think about going to play that game again <laughs> um and shout out to this is uh, why by the way to take take this back to uh what we talked about earlier this is why they need to have a light hand with nerfs Right. If you played Thanos in March and you showed up and you were like, oh, can I play Thanos? It would have been true up until like right now. You could have done it. Right. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't have had to do too much. You would have had to like pick up, you know, Eliath, maybe Mobius, maybe. Right. 
And it's like, okay, well, you know, you you can upgrade your Thanos deck like that. You could probably if in fact, if you're like a returning player and you're playing it from like rank 10 or whatever, you don't have to do any of that upgrading. <laughs> like you can still play Thanos. Go nuts, dude. Right. Like uh, I know Human Spider is still playing Lockjaw Thanos right now. Right now, this very moment, he's playing Lockjaw Thanos. And it's like, okay, I mean, like you could still, yeah, you could still do that. Yeah. And that's why it's so important for them to be light handed with those nerfs, because if they obliterate a card out of existence, that is obliterating those tokens out of existence, too. Yeah, definitely. All right. Next one comes from DNLKTV. They say, my experience was that I reached CL500, got my tokens, grabbed a few more old caches. It was May 2023 and bought Galactus with no other support cards. I was just ex- yeah. I was just excited to break the game. You know the rest of the story. Um, I mean, this is on theme with what we've been talking about all podcasts, but just the feels bad of especially like a player that is committing to buying that one card, maybe because it's a versatile card or they think that that card is particularly interesting and they have all these plans to play with Wait, it. Hold on. What is the rest of the story there? I don't know the rest of the story. I'm assuming that this I so this is a little secret about me is I am not good with dates, months, any sort of time space awareness. I'm assuming this is before oh, you're the saying, Galactus. Oh, Galactus got nerfed. Like, Oh, Galactus got nerfed. You bought it with no support cards. Well, good. <laughs> hey, no, wait, I feel, what? I feel Am I supposed to think the Galactus nerf was bad? Not, now? Not, the, not the Galactus nerf, but you're extrapolating to like, okay, I bought this cool, interesting card in snap. I was, and it's still cool and interesting after it's a six, seven. Okay, well, let's say this this card is Mobius. I bought my Mobius. I can't wait to build all my Mobius decks. Yes, no, that <laughs> sucks, but no one actually thinks like that. No one is like, I can't wait to build a Mobius deck. No one's out here like, yo, I love Mobius. <laughs> can't wait to base my right, whole like, deck around this hate bear. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to base me. Yeah, like, no one does that. It's not a thing. That said, like, I, I, this is why they've been like Galactus is a card they've used iterative changes on, right? Like they didn't just immediately delete Galactus. They were like, okay, let's, you know, move it into a different form. And then when that form was too strong, they were like, all right, let's move it into a different form. Let's nerf it down a little. And you can still, I want to be super fucking clear about this. You could still hit infinite with Galactus. You absolutely can. Like, yeah, even if you're not very good at the game. You could still hit infinite with Galactus. It's not the optimal thing to do. It's not like one of the top 10 decks I'd recommend, but you could do it. I would never play it in my ELO, but you could do it. And that is, you know, it's not nothing. Hmm. All right. Well, thank you all so much for your comments and questions of last week's video. We actually had a ton, so I had to cherry pick a few, but I just want to let you know. Let you all know that we appreciate it. And if you want to get your comment read out on next week's swap, you can shoot us a question. Or statement. No, do some more. I don't mind going long. Do some more. <laughs> I've liked the longer segment. No, I've liked the longer segment. I only have one more. Okay, but do it. Okay. Because I, got I think that the more questions we read out, the more questions we get. So and I want to keep that going. There's a really good phrase that this person uses. So Robert Rivern, they say, I agree with him uh, landing archetype cards properly. X-23, Dakin, Silver Samurai, Black Knight are awesome and fun cards. Decently powerful and synergistic with their archetype without bending the entire meta around them. I think the issue with the OP cards on releasing on release and quote unquote nerf scamming um, comes from the lack of focus on archetypes and snap. Ever since I played, uh, ever since I played during Zabu's release, the best decks were always these mid range decks running good stats with tech cards that can invalidate an entire deck or decks built around uh, pumping a broken card. Uh, like Galactus or 
Alioth. It's just that's just funny in context for a last uh, a last it comment. Is. But what do you think about this nerf scamming? I mean, it's basically what we've been talking about the whole time. I just felt like that was such a that is a way to describe it. Um, I mean, like I think it's a strong word for what is literally something that has happened one time. Mm-hmm. But you know, like, like if you wanted to describe the Mobius thing as that, I think that's fair. Uh, but like if you wanted to like describe the Galactus thing as that, you're way off base. If you wanted to describe the Thanos thing as that, you're way off base. Shuri, way off base. Like those are balance changes to cards that are too strong. They're correct, right? Even the Elsa and Loki, it's like, no, those are balance changes to cards that are too strong. That's what they should do when those cards are too strong. And it's actually good that they do that to cards that they're currently on the season pass. Because if you recall, they were they like this is what this is what kills me. They were about to take a fucking victory lap. Don't like second dinner defenders were about to have a victory lap. Like, yo, you guys said this game was explicitly pay to win and they were going to nerf Elsa after the season pass was over. They nerfed her immediately. You can tell they're willing to actually go the extra mile for balance. Look at that nerf. And then they were like, yeah, we nerfed Mobius because we thought you'd, you we wanted you to buy him. <laughs> We already got the 3,000 tokens. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, right? Like, they were, they were, like, the conspiracy, people forget this, but like, two weeks ago, the conspiracy was, they'll never nerf Elsa and Loki. People paid for those, right? And now the conspiracy is this, right? Like, I I, I will, like, it is sort of frustrating, because, like, I was always someone who was like, yeah, shut up, man. They're going to nerf Elsa and Loki. It's fine. Like, that's always been my thing. But, like, I feel like if you're a person that went straight from, they're never going to nerf Elsa and Loki, to oh my god they nerf scammed me on mobius i would like you to examine your priors here i just wanted to say that like i feel like there is a significant portion of people who went straight from they're gonna nerf elsa and loki to oh my god they nerf scam mobius without without acknowledging like hey no they actually did nerf elsa while she was still purchasable Mm -hmm. like they 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 demonstrated a commitment to making the game balanced even at the expense of their wallet right they they have done that and they have consistently done that like genuinely right like it has been a consistent thing and i would like to see more of it frankly i would like to see more of them explicitly saying like yo we are not doing this shit right We are not like we are committed to the game being balanced, not like running bundle scams on you. (laughs) That that Uh, would be really nice. uh, What are your thoughts on uh, us going back to these like uh, gotcha banners? Because like it was like an idea a while before we had Jerry. You want them to go back to Nexus events? No, 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 no. I'm just asking because we had had Jerry on um, a long time ago now. Jerry Thompson, mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, I thought they were going to do this gotcha banner thing, and they scrapped it all, but like, it looks like it's came back, and now we have banners all the time with cards uh, and variants. Do you think that, what do you think about the whole banner thing? Do you like it? You I, said it's like I, insane value I, for new players, right? Well, I mean, value is such a... What rel- are you talking about? You guys are... What do you even mean? You guys have never played gotcha games before if you think what we have is gotcha banners. Yeah, but I said the word value, which is just completely relative because you're actually buying nothing of substance, but... Um, you're like, 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 but you're talking about gotcha banners. Like, but motherfucker, I play Fate Grand Order. Like, oh my God. this is what not is, a gotcha what is banner. It, what is this game? I, I knew you played... Um, I knew you played... Whatever, Honkai Star Rail. I played Honkai Star Rail. I played Genshin Impact. I played Fate Grand Order. What's the I've new played one? What's, what's Fate Grand one Order? One Piece TC. I've played. Uh, I've played. Uh, Fire Emblem Heroes. So I've played a lot of, of a lot of bullshit ass gotcha games before in my life. Right. This is why you need the uh, the Wow Rumble sponsorships. You're destitute. After FGO these games. FGO isn't new, by the way. Like FGO is like the first gotcha game I ever played okay. because of my boy iskandar um 
it but like that's a game where it's like entirely PvE and you used the paid currency, which is about God, I'm trying to I'm trying to put my brain around it, right? So like okay. A banner shows up. This servant will only be available for like two weeks, the unit, right? The unit's mm-hmm. only gonna be there for two weeks. You have these gems. You can roll 30 gems for 10 shots at the guy. Yep. You have like a 1% chance at it. But you're guaranteed if you open 100 or something, right? You are not. <laughs> okay, so there it's is no pity system. <laughs> you are absolutely not. Uh, okay, and so like you have the gems. You have the gems, and uh, if I recall correctly, it's like 80 bucks for 160 gems, so like 5, 10 rolls, 80 bucks. <laughs> and so like what you will do in FGO is if you are even not, not even like a, not a whale, like just a medium spender, you will pick like some banners over the course of the year to just dump fucking money into you will plan your shit out on a spreadsheet over the course of years like <laughs> it's so bad it's so bad it's so 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 bad it's uh it's 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 what it is and i i i'm not super off base i think it might be the most profitable gotcha game of all time what's the uh where's the dopamine is it just the gambling or like what's the uh what's the hit why do you do it uh it kind of is the gambling. (laughs) (laughs) i only do it for the gambling that i'm gonna be honest with you i haven't played the game in i haven't played the game since snap came out you still gamble and you don't play the game no i don't i don't i I, I don't i don't even know but like i like i have played fgo in my life right Mm -hmm. i played for like a year or two maybe and uh yeah it's nuts it's absolutely nuts it's yeah, I don't think people understand what a gotcha game is until they play one. <laughs> like, I have dumped so much money down the gotcha hole and it is just gone forever. Yeah. Oh, um, I uh, I played um so funny story because you might find, I might have told you this, but you'll find this entertaining. Uh, Genshin Impact came out of the card game and I was like, I'm a absolute fiend for new card games i just like i gotta i gotta see what it's like um so i was like you know i'll, I'll play that game you had to reach level 30 or some shit with all your guys like okay i think i spent just uh, insane amount of hours it took me weeks to be able to play the game it took me weeks it took me money i spent money i did the banner thing like i did it all um and then i hit level 30 i played the game sucked ass I closed the app never opened it again <laughs> I, just, I swear to god <laughs> that's awesome yep that's awesome anyway if you want to get your comment read out on next week's podcast shoot us shoot us uh, a question or statement on youtube all right let's um let's 10 out of 10 let's bullseye all of these new cards because uh, okay we always get them right all right first one this is mass card miss marvel four five says ongoing adjacent locations where your cards have unique costs have plus five power okay that's interesting. That's not we've never seen anything like that before in terms of like the actual conditions you're trying to meet, right? What are your thoughts on this? In terms of the conditions, no. Yeah. It's somewhere between Omega Red and Doctor Doom, right? <laughs> like it's it's like when you look at it, you're like, oh yo, this is four cause Doctor Doom. That's so sick. And then it's like, all right, hold on. 
This is actually the most balanced possible 415, where it's just like, if you wanted a 415 that was extremely vulnerable to, like, every tech card, right? Enchantress, oh, yeah. Rogue, Echo, right? Okay, sick, right? By the way, uh, tangent, Echo, why is her ability what it is? That's not what she does. In the in the in the comics, her cop her power is copying stuff. Why is she a tech card against ongoing abilities? That's dumb. Stop it. Anyway, um, the the thing about Miss Marvel is, you know how I said Werewolf is like the most balanced three eleven of all time. That's how I feel about Miss Marvel. This is like the most balanced four fifteen of all time. This is way more Where, hoops than Werewolf. So yeah, like. it's a lot. That's what I mean. It's a lot. It's the most balanced four fifteen of all time. If they just printed a card that was like four fifteen. You can do it. But this this is like the hoops are are, are stringent. They're serious. And yeah, how do you feel? I mean, how do you? At what at uh, what degree are you like? Is this card? good do you think this card is definitely uh, good yeah, I know it goes in like dark hawk right where it's like that will allow you to play it along with something else on the final turn it's also the kind of situation in a deck where it's like that's a deck that needs some beef mm. and it's a deck where it's like a typical mid-range deck where you know you're not likely to have multiple cards that cost the same amount in that lane right so that's good Right. And even if it's a 410, you're like, yeah, that's pretty solid. You know, right. I'm, I'm cool with the that. The floor is actually not too bad. Like a 410 is pretty yeah. reasonable. Um, it's good. Because I was in Darkhawk, right? Yeah. I, was, I think it's a good Darkhawk card. I was thinking about, you know, things like Polaris, Juggernaut, uh, Spider, like things. That nah, are, nah, nah, nah. Not not with this, with it's, this, but it, again, it, it again, against this. Four. No, not with this, oh, okay. again, <laughs> against this, like how disruptive that oh, might yeah. be. But even if you like get a nice knock or you get a nice pull. You're just turning their Miss Marvel into like a 410, which is still pretty good. So, yeah, I don't know. This card, this is honestly one of the recent season pass cards that doesn't get me too excited. I mean, maybe the the it maybe it's complicated in the sense that the immediate deck that it goes into uh, is not apparent. I just wonder if this is going into a good deck that already exists, or you're building a deck around this. And I think it's the first one. If you build a deck around it, I think it sucks. Yeah, I think it has to go in a good deck that already exists, and I think that would be like a Darkhawk type thing. But I do think it'll probably be pretty good there. The question is if Darkhawk is ever able to be good, which like with current Mobius, the answer is holy shit, you get run over by Loki. Oh my god. Yeah, Loki is good. All right, the first one's going to be released in November. Gladiator. Gladiator's a 3-7. Says, on reveal, add a card from your opponent's deck to their side of this location. If it has less power, I'm assuming less power than Gladiator, uh, destroy yep. it. Well, that's a that's a really interesting effect. So three seven is above Kerr. I think that what, what's our what's our three cost vanilla in this game? Is it three five? Or three five. It, okay, three five. I, it's three five. Right. I mean, like it's actually three four, but like if yeah. we're being real in competitive ranks, it's three five. Okay, so have a card from your opponent's deck. If it has less power, destroy it. Um, I don't know. It's uh, for plus two points. It seems like it's a pretty risky card. I guess if you knew the meta wasn't gonna wasn't playing cards that would punish you for this. Uh, but I don't know. It, well, I, the, the, there there are two things that mm -hmm. stick in my mind about this. The first thing is this card is a noob trap, right? Newer players are always gonna evaluate like blowing up your deck higher than they should. That's just how it works, right? Now the second thing though is well. Wait a minute. I actually kind of like this card in the context of like we play this against Loki and it just like kills a guy or 
In a different context, you pull something out that can get Shang-Chi'd. You know? Like, I, I don't I don't hate it in like a clog kind of deck, mm. right? If there's a card that you're like specifically looking to avoid, like Annihilus late, right? You want to pull it out of the deck so they can not get it to happen. I don't know. Like, it's not... <sighs> three seven yondu three is seven. more interesting to me fundamentally than one two yondu does that make sense yeah for sure but i mean this is pulling it onto the location so what if you just pull something that's like an x8 x9 and it and how many x8 x9s okay, are there? so there's not a lot but even if you like okay i pull it out and then i have to shang chi it you now have to commit your you have to commit your, your shang chi yeah no to that's not that's a card not, they that's played not for free. good you but like again like three seven yondu which this mostly will be is better than one two yondu because like the main issue with yondu is that it is a one two yeah it doesn't do anything right like if if this if yondu was on a, if you literally printed three seven yondu that would actually be a good card <laughs> that would actually oh, for sure because it's it, it's about the fact that a one two doesn't impact the board in any realistic way right like so it better be doing something else good yeah and three seven actually like it's it's less about the pow the cost weirdly and more about the power. It's got to be like something that can be a legitimate threat in the lane, right? And three seven Yondu is like okay, you know that's like a little better than one two Yondu, right? It just is. Even if even if it's doing similar stuff, three seven Yondu is better. The issue is, you know, if this isn't three seven Yondu, it's probably pretty tough to deal with. Yeah. Does this uh does this fit well enough into destroy where you're benefiting via the null if you destroy it and you also clear it you know i don't know if you have death in there but you know maybe discounting the death another time like is that good enough i just this this card is fundamentally inconsistent right like maybe there's not if in the right meta there might just not be a lot of cards that you can pull i think you want to play this card when you're very sure the card you're going to pull out you're going to destroy because yes in any other it's situation it's terrible um like you can't yeah. you can't be pulling your opponent x8 out of the deck that's just a terrible change yes. for you so um yeah i think it's a little bit of a timmy card but maybe it's just good enough and like destroy i don't know but yep anyway and now uh the next card that this month is annihilus which is a five seven says on reveal your cards with zero or less power switch sides destroy those that can't on reveal your cards with zero or less power switch sides Destroy those that can't. What the fuck? <laughs> wait, why is it messed up? Why, right? wait, wait, explain this card to me. I don't know why it's uh, it's eluding me. Explain this. Uh, you play debris in the century into Annihilus. Mm, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you get it now? Yes, I get it. I that's get it. uh that's a pretty powerful thing to be doing there. And even if you don't send your stuff over. It dies instead of sitting on your board. Yeah, that's that guy good. is junk legion. The issue is if he ever sees a ton of play, he's also a self-solving problem in the worst way. Because like one player will play Annihilus and then the second player will play Annihilus. And it's like, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> right. It's like because like they, you just turn you if both of you have Annihilus, the person who reveals it second is always winning that. And so it's just like, Jesus fucking Christ, this is the worst game of all time. It'd be a priority game. Right. And you'd be doing it on the yep. final turn. Um, so yep. you'd probably be doing it on turn six. It'd be priority based and you would be guessing <laughs> a little bit like. Yeah. Location. That's phenomenal. 
Oh, it could be fun. Um, all right, last one. Uh, Martyr, this is a 1-4. It says, at the end of the game, move to a location that loses you the game if possible. So you get a card that is overstated fundamentally, by one. <laughs> um, and it has this pseudo downside. Yeah, what the fuck are they doing here? Why is this a 1-4? I just It needs to be like a bigger body with a bigger cost. Yeah. Make this like a 3-8. Doesn't seem like enough of a payoff for a 1-4. But maybe yeah, like make this a three eight. Maybe this should be a three eight. You playing this in like zoo with like Shauna and stuff like that. Why would you do that instead of playing Titania or or hear me out? Why would you do that instead of playing Ant-Man? True. Ant-Man is Ant-Man's a one four now, isn't <laughs> it's he? It's the same one four. He is, like, he is a one four now, same. isn't he? What do you mean now? He's always been a one four. I thought they changed him recently. They changed him recently. So he works in Space Throne. Now oh, that's the yeah, change yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he works like, by it's like, oh, this one four. All right, okay. So hear me out. With like, I went through the same thought process. Like, okay, we play her in zoo. That's a zoo card because what happens in zoo is we fill up the the, the board, right? We do everything we can to fill up the board, and then we once we filled up the board, we can play her as a one four. And then I was like, wait, once we've filled up the board, we can play Ant Man as a one four, and it doesn't try to lose us the game. <laughs> like, yeah, and Ant Man's also ongoing, so you can it can be played in the spectrum. Yes, this is yeah. uh, so. I mean. No, those are all the cards for the month, but that's interesting. So outside of the season pass card, I don't know what they were doing. Man. Yeah, that's what the a, fuck were they? That's a inter- <laughs> what the fuck is up with Martyr, dude? Dude, coming off the back of uh, the Elsa Bloodstone season and the Loki for all time season, and some of the cards we had come out of that. I mean, this is really interesting. <laughs> like this month. Well, I mean, Annihilus seems like about on that level. Like probably not on that level because it's a little more telegraphed and it's a lot less, you know, go everywhere. And it's kind of a self-solving problem. Elsa didn't counter Elsa. It was mm-hmm. just two people doing Elsa stuff. But Annihilus does counter Annihilus. But. Yeah, I don't know. Miss Marvel seems like the second best card. Uh, Annihilus seems like the best card. And then Martyr seems like the worst by a margin. I can't even really express. I don't know what they were. What the fuck they were cooking with that. Well, I do think, for what it's worth, that Gladiator is hilarious, and I'm sure that some people are going to die on the hill of that card being fantastic. <laughs> like, it as, might actually be good. It legitimately might a, end it, up being good. It, think about it that is card. A med, it is a medical, though. It, there is yes, a, there is a filter there, and I think there's there's going to yes. be a lot of people that are ripping X eights and X nines and X tens out of their opponent's deck because we're like, oh shit, I got unlucky. <laughs> uh one of the things I learned about Gladiator when I was like, I, why does this guy look like Superman combined with the Giga Chad was he's actually a Superman parody. His oh, really? name is Kalark and like, like as in Clark Kent combined with Kal-El, right? He's, he's doing a thing and he, he's exactly as strong as he thinks he is at any moment in time. <laughs> He's a confidence based superhero <laughs> when that's how they that's how they exp- that's what his that's what his ability is doing. He's like, I can beat your ass. And then like a big guy shows up and he's like, oh, shit, I'm losing. <laughs> that's that's gladiator. <laughs> Dude, it feels like a while before we've had a conversation like because we do these every month um, where we're not mm. being like this card is fucking broken. This is like the first time. I mean, we could do that like- about Annihilus if you want. I think he's very strong. I don't think he's gonna be close. I don't think he's gonna be close to Loki or Elsa, to be honest. Um, he could be. Eh, sh- we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I could be we'll wrong see. there because it's contextual. I mean, like turning your century into a four twenty is insanely fucked up. Yeah, the reason why it's elusive. Like, how to does me- any other deck? How does any other deck beat debris century annihilus? How do you fucking? How do you beat that? Well, I mean, that's that's like the three card curve, right? Which is not that yeah. consistent. But like, even just century annihilus is like fuck. <laughs> 
that's really hard to deal with. Yeah, I was going to use a terrible... Negative 10? I was about to use such Negative a... 10? That's such a bad analogy. I was like, well, how does any deck beat Timestone, Turn 4, Profix, old school Spider-Man? Yeah, that thing everyone hates. <laughs> nobody beats that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, nobody yeah. beats that. You remember that? Everyone hated that shit. <laughs> I thought it was yeah. the worst thing ever. Interesting month. Okay, I hate to... We're going to get to the, the, the best deck list, and we're going to close out with that. Before we get there, I just want to waffle okay. a little bit more. I want to get your thoughts. Did you see the Magic, the Gathering, is doing Marvel? I did. What do you think? Go nuts, dog. <laughs> I, mean, I don't care. I mean, they're already deep, right? <laughs> they're already deep in universes beyond. I don't care. Yeah, go, go nuts. You know what I want to uh, know? I, I, I want to mm. know if anybody listening to this, because it's more likely than not... That our audience, that there are some people that are Marvel fans, and maybe some people that play Magic the Gathering. We have a u- unique crossover there. Is anybody that maybe checks both those boxes excited? I would, I would love to hear. Because I don't think, I don't think we should mention them because they're not paying us. Oh, which, which the MTG? Either, yeah, either. <laughs> the reason I bring it up is because I, I only see overwhelmingly negative stuff. But I think that's well, universe is I think two, two Magic players credit. They are just, <laughs> just like peachy human beings. Wildly, <laughs> no, like just wildly anti-corporate. Yeah. So, like, I've seen some awesome takes, which are just like, "Oh, what's next? We're gonna do a, a, a collaboration with Raytheon." Dude. Where it's, <laughs> like, I saw the funniest meme. Like, that's awesome. Like, I legitimately, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be serious. There are actually legitimately concerning things about the fact that the largest, you know, franchise in American entertainment is so very willing to collaborate with the U.S. Army. That said, I still watch the NFL. So, you know, <laughs> the, um, the funniest I saw a funny meme where it was uh, it was talking about a future contract Magic was doing with uh, Magic the Gathering where they would actually start printing regular sets in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you got to give it up to Magic players. I feel like I mean, they, they've had 30 years to get good at it, but they are they are legitimately so much funnier than Snap players. <laughs> it's it's fucked up, man. Like Snap needs to step it up because Snap is doing like memes and magic players will just be like our fucking company is doing war crimes (laughs) we don't have any of that i only get i wish we had that so i follow mostly not Matt. i follow some magic players but not like deeply in the magic community because i come from games that are not magic so i only get like a section of it and pretty much the section i get whether it's most of it's off off recommendations is like pretty negative most of the time to be honest that's why i was like like, oh they're super happy and peachy on twitter because they are definitely not i love magic twitter like i cannot stress this enough marvel snap twitter is just not dumb enough it's just not we need like it not I don't even think it's dumb like magic Twitter. There are some incredibly smart people giving incredibly smart takes on consumerism and things like that. And, and, and they're right next to somebody who's like magic went woke because there's a black woman in it. <laughs> like It's we don't have any of any of either of those people. We have no people doing smart takes on consumerism. And I guess the second one is probably good that we don't have a lot of those people, frankly. But yeah. like, I, I just I feel like there's no there's a the Marvel cycle, Snap though. Twitter community. Yeah, there's no there's no spice, though. We're we not no, there we yet. No, we're, we're growing. We're yeah, growing. we're maturing. That That's actually that's like you're talking about Giga Chad. They, that's like peak. You know, it's like you start as like a tadpole, which is where Marvel Snap Twitter is. And then you end up you end up with just like the most. I don't know. Magic Twitter is freaking wild. And Twitter communities. My favorite things on Earth. My favorite things on Earth are the stories of magic cheaters. 
They're they're just the coolest things that have, like, anyone has ever done. You ever it's heard like of a guy. Uh, Mike Long? The like yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like, like like but like uh, so Alex Bertoncini, who's like this incredibly famous cheater, right? Mm-hmm. He's like just like like and not like a very good cheater, just like a very guy who was nice and so nobody noticed he was like doing extremely obvious cheats, like keeping a card under his. Uh, like keeping a card under his playmat or whatever the fuck like like and they'll be like oh he's a mastermind <laughs> and then he'll just like have cards up his sleeves that's always very funny to me anyway the last time i heard of alex bertoncini he did a collaboration rap song where he like he got on a, a track with somebody else talking about how like even though he was banned he was still better than you at magic we don't have any of those guys we don't have a yeah, single no heels, guy. Right? There's no heels. Not even heels. Just like we don't have anyone that could even. We we God, like there's so much insane bullshit that happens in Magic: The Gathering, and not all of it. Like obviously, a lot of it is actually legitimately bad, but it's a decent amount of it is very funny from the outside, mm. and we don't have any of that. Snap Twitter is just like deck lists and. Sometimes apparently people insulting artists yeah. and monetization. Monetization. Like that's it's it. Snap yeah. Twitter isn't anything but that. Where's where's our where's our uh, shout out to D Money who actually is doing like rap stuff. We have like the guy the, there, there's like a D Money and Felicity did like a, a diss track to their opponents in uh the WSF thing. Shout out to them for at least doing something. I, yeah. I love it. I ever tell you about D Money uh, trying to mind game me before the UK? Yeah, you did. You, you told me. You told me about that. You like he like when he was tired. He told you what he was gonna play, and like two hours later, he was like. Yo, I don't know what I'm gonna play. <laughs> he came, he came over, to, he came over to my my station. My dad's like that is where he's like, yeah, man, I don't know what list I'm gonna play. I'm like, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you know. <laughs> I got him at super early in the morning, right before the tournament. And I was just like, what are you? Gonna? It's like he snap pulled me, and he's like, mm. <laughs> mm. I feel like I feel like we need we need this is something that probably comes with having like physical tournaments, right? Because magic has so many of those. Oh, my God. Another insane magic thing is like they're doing uh, like PTQs, which are RCQs. Right. And they're like so varied based on player attendance. So like you'll be like you, you'll go to a, a, an RCQ in a heavy area and you'll have to play against like 25 insanely good players for one slot at the RC, the regional championship. And like in another area, it's like eight players playing for two slots. And like the winner is like a guy who got two buys out of five rounds. Mm-hmm. And like they'll post it on Twitter, like locked up the RC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that that's that's, mad at them. that's what that's what just hit infinite with this deck used to be in Marvel Snap when some people. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually exactly. What it yeah. Is. By the way, Flesh and Blood is the exact same way. Flesh and Blood has a PTQ system or a PQ system, and there are definitely areas that are not the same as others. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's I, so awesome. I, I love when someone wins at something, and I don't know. And then their media thing is. Look at this deck. Fuck you all. I was correct this whole time. You're like, mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a 10% Apologies attendance to thing. any magic players who think I'm talking about them because I honestly probably am not. I just want to be clear. Like I, I, my interaction with the magic community is basically entirely like I see a post on Twitter and then immediately forget about it. And now I'm trying to recall all of them. <laughs> Uh, like, it just, there's just so much, like, 
I don't know a better way to describe it. There's just so much funny shit that happens in magic. It's extremely, extremely funny. It's only funny and like, if you're from the outside, though. I feel like if you were, if you get caught up in it, like, I think for a lot of people, it's not funny because it's. I, also I think, thought it was funny. I thought it was funny when I played magic. Oh. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I feel like I see a lot of people very angry, <laughs> which is like. Definitely. I just think I just think as a general rule, we should we as a community Marvel Snap need to take ourselves less seriously. Like, I'm sorry, it's just objectively funny to, like, Photoshop up a Raytheon Magic the Gathering crossover because they did a Marvel thing. That's hilarious. That's such a good joke. Like, that's so fucking funny. And we don't have any Raytheon jokes. We're we are literally a Marvel card game, and not one person has made that joke. Yeah. This it ga- sucks. This game is actually pay to win. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, best deck. Let's hit the best deck real quick. So this is uh, this is Cam's list, and we have your list and Lambie's list. They're pretty similar, uh, slightly different style. All right, Cam. Um, Cam's Loki list is Maria Hill, uh, Nico, Quinjet, Snowguard, the Collector, Falcon, Sentinel, Green Goblin, Werewolf, Shang Chi, Loki, America Chavez. Anything you would change about it? And um, what I don't know if you played. Um, did you say Did you say Agent Thirteen or did you say Green Goblin? I said Green Goblin. Did you swap an Agent 13? Okay. No, no, no. Uh, the Agent 13 was the old list. I would say if you see a lot of Destroy, swap in Cosmo for Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. The Collector is. I mean, Werewolf. <laughs> it's so funny the numbers of this deck pushes with Werewolf, Collector, and Falcon. Mm-hmm. It's really fun to play, by the way. If you're hesitant, you're on the fence. This deck is very, very fun to play. And it's Lambie and I have actually talked about it like of the two lists mine is definitely the easier one to play and his is the one that is sort of hard teched for the mirror by design eventually I'm going to convince him that he doesn't need to play Elsa though because she fucking she fucking sucks it's sad to say but like Elsa and werewolf just don't go together they like, do not yeah we, we had this conversation on eight cubes where it was like he's so close he's so close i'm gonna get him eventually like i'm gonna get him to cut that card eventually like man does she suck all right and uh lamby's list is forge maria hill nico snow guard elsa bloodstone the collector falcon werewolf by night beast shang chi loki america chavez um yeah the only thing i'll say is i was actually i was getting a lot of like i said it's all the pause getting a lot of runway out of forge to be honest like i was activating that yeah. card multiple times um and that was f- Often no, above one three, yeah. So it seemed pretty powerful. Yeah. All right, well, sweet. Anything to say about uh, about the meta? I mean, Loki is back again. Seems to be the best the best deck. But you mentioned at the top of the pod that it is not by the order of magnitude that it was in the past. That it is not. Yes. Overwhelming. I think there's no deck like I, that's probably good, right? Like Loki is, I think, the best deck, right? But it has some actually clearly defined bad matchups. Mm-hmm. I think actually specifically destroy is like a very good deck that is very good into Loki unless they have the Cosmo in there like destroy is quite solid. Uh, I think that Loki collector is probably a little bit too strong for anything else to be the best deck than a card that then a deck that has those two cards in it. But it's not like insurmountably strong. It's not like, oh, my God, this is the only thing you can ever play. Uh, I will say. I think they should bring back Mobius. That's my take on the metagame. I think they should bring back Mobius. Um, any reservations to how it's hurt could be hurting pool three or like some sort of metagame that we don't. Oh, no, no. Like bring back Mobius and then nerf him a different way. <laughs> OK. Like, like, don't make, don't bring back two, three Mobius. That was dumb. 
Bring back Mobius and make him like bad. <laughs> Bring back Mobius and make him a two one. You know what I mean? I could see it. I could see it. All right. Yeah. Well, if you're listening to this podcast and you enjoy it, you can leave us a review at ratethispodcast.com slash snapshot, or you can go direct to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It helps more than your brain could imagine. I- I'm telling you, it's incredible what it does for this podcast. Um, there's a video version of this at YouTube at youtube.com slash at the un- underscore snapshot. Hit that like, subscribe while you're there. And don't forget to leave us a comment if you want to get your your question or statement read out on next week's podcast which is Brendan APG Cam Best MS Cam is streaming often but when Cam when uh so there was a time change in the United States yes so it's still 6 p.m. for me but if you're international it might be 7 p.m. for you or you know what was 7 p.m. for you I don't know time changes are stupid I don't like that we have them I thought we were getting rid of them no we never we all they always talk about it and then it never happens yeah, there's actually some crazy stats regarding like car crashes, just like general human mortality around uh, daylight savings because of how impactful one hour of sleep is on cognitive function. It's like actually ridiculous. Um, yeah, I, as someone, as someone like I, I was going to stream today. I woke up early, and I like went to take a little nap, and then I woke up too late for me to stream. Mm. Like I, I, and we gained an hour. But I, I abused that game. <laughs> I was like, I can stay up later. I was wrong. <laughs> you dirty dog. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next week.